No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we consider the bondservant who willingly served his master for life. It's a picture of Jesus Christ and of us. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. God gave rules to his people that if followed would make them prosperous and give them good success. It would reduce poverty among them and make them a leader of nations. But they had to abide by the rules if they wanted the benefits. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 15. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. And this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. He shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother. Now, not all scholars agree on what Moses meant by this. Some say that this corresponds with the Sabbath year. As you were to give the land a rest in the seventh year, so you were to give your debtors a rest from making payments to you in the seventh year. The idea was that they couldn't afford to make payments because they weren't farming a crop. Other scholars say that there was to be a complete cancellation of debts in the seventh year. This revealed God's heart to forgive and prepared the people for the year of Jubilee in the 50th year, where not only would all debts be canceled among the Hebrews, but land of one's own inheritance that had been sold would then revert to the original owner. I prefer this interpretation because I believe it better fits the overall context of the passage and it reveals the forgiving and generous nature of God. Wouldn't it be great if all your debts were canceled in the seventh year? This law would have the effect of helping to equalize the wealth in Israel so that there wouldn't be the extremes of poverty or riches. Verse 4, except when there may be no poor among you. For the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance. Only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe with care all these commandments which I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. It's amazing how when you're doing things God's way, how he blesses you. Should that be a surprise? While the world chases wealth, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What things? Your food and your clothing, the essentials. But we must testify that God has blessed us far beyond the mere essentials. For Israel, there was a direct correlation between their vertical obedience to God and their horizontal blessings. First, if they obeyed his commandments, then poverty wouldn't really be a problem. 
people would be working. They would be industrious. When they farmed their land, there would be such a surplus that the poor, the widows, and the strangers would have plenty to glean. Second, if they obeyed his commandments, then they would lend to many nations and not borrow from any. Since the borrower is servant to the lender, they would reign over many nations, but other nations wouldn't reign over them. Verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. Even with these good laws that would encourage productivity among the people, some of their brethren would still fall into poverty. In such cases, they were to be compassionate. Why? Because God is compassionate. He said in Exodus 33:19, "I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion." Perhaps King Solomon was thinking about this passage in Deuteronomy when he wrote in Proverbs 11:24, "There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty." Solomon also wrote in Proverbs 19:17, "He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given." You see, God won't be a debtor to any person. Therefore, when we give generously to those in need, we can be confident that the Lord will repay us. Now, there was the danger that the person with means would have his eye on the seventh year cancellation of debts. And what if your neighbor hits you up for a loan in the sixth year? If he doesn't pay you back that year, then the debt would be canceled and you wouldn't get paid. So you would be tempted to shut up your heart to your neighbor's need. But God said, You shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend to him whatever he needs. Beware lest your eye be evil against him, and you give him nothing, because the year of release is at hand. Then he would cry out to me against you, and you would be guilty of sin. God also said, Don't let your heart be grieved when you give to him, because I will bless you in all that you do. In other words, consider it a wise investment that's guaranteed to profit. Verse 12, If your brother, a Hebrew man, or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty-handed. 
You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. From what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. As with the seventh year cancellation of debts, a Hebrew servant would be released in the seventh year. You see, if he was bankrupt, he could sell himself as a servant. He would work for six years, but in the seventh year, you were to set him free. This law also applied to women servants. You were to be generous when you released him, giving him a good severance package. As a good servant, he had taken care of you far better than a hired hand. Therefore, you were to take care of him and bless him. The Lord always wanted them to remember that they had been slaves in Egypt. They knew what it was like to be mistreated. They also knew what it was like to be delivered and to be enriched on the way out. I believe that it is good for us always to remember when we were in bondage in Egypt, that is, when we were slaves to our sins before Christ saved us. You see, it helps us to have compassion for those who are where we once were. It helps safeguard us from pride and self-righteousness and hard-heartedness toward them. Verse 16, And if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you, because he loves you and your house, since he prospers with you, then you should take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door, and he shall be your servant forever. Also to your female servant you shall do likewise. It shall not seem hard to you when you send him away free from you, for he has been worth a double hired servant in serving you six years. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. This is the law of the bond servant. After six years of serving his master, the person could willingly choose to serve his master for life. Then they would pierce his ear against the door or doorpost with an awl and put a gold ring in his ear. From then on, he was known as a bondservant, a willing servant for life. In Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul tells us, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery, that is, a thing to be grasped, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus was a bondservant in that he willingly set aside his rights and privileges as God and became a willing servant for life, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we choose to become His bondservants for life. We are no longer our own. We've been bought with the price of His blood. And we now willingly serve Him. Are you living as a bondservant of Jesus Christ? Or are you still calling the shots? Verse 19. All the firstborn males that come from your herd and your flock, you shall sanctify to the Lord your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. 
You and your household shall eat it before the Lord your God year by year in the place which the Lord chooses. But if there is a defect in it, if it is lame or blind or has any serious defect, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. You may eat it within your gates. The unclean and the clean person alike may eat it as if it were a gazelle or a deer. Only you shall not eat its blood. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. All the firstborn male animals belong to God. If they were clean, unblemished, sacrificial animals, then they would offer them to God, yet they would eat a portion before the Lord. If there was a defect in it, then they wouldn't present it as an offering, because God only wants your best. But they could still eat the meat within their city gates. As a bondservant of Jesus Christ, I have discovered that my master is a great boss. I willingly serve him for life. I am happy to lay down my rights because he is so good to me. Have you chosen to be his bondservant? If not, then what are you waiting for? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll consider the three annual feasts that Israel would celebrate in the place God would choose to put His name. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.